0: the Goodish People podcast. I'm Jackie Pruitt. And I'm Hannah Dunn. As you all know, this is a podcast where we have conversations that are sometimes hard. Boom. Sometimes funny. Bam. Sometimes awkward. Boosh. All the while we're just trying to be good people. (laughs) Although let's be real, we're always just good-ish. Emphasis on the ish.
1: Am I right, Hannah? Absolutely. Join us as we laugh, cry, and snort our way through our life's most pervasive and relatable conversations, which this week is about social anxiety. What a topic. Social anxiety, our old friend. Uh, okay, we're just out here navigating adulthood and social anxiety to the best of our ability, and along the way, there are various types of coping mechanisms, although today, I feel like we're doing a pretty good job. Jackie's I think- just wearing a silly goose sweatshirt. I think that might be the only coping mechanism we're working with.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. I don't know. Something about when I wear it, I just feel like a silly goose. <laughs> it's an amazing sweatshirt. <laughs> silliest. The silliest of
1: geese. <laughs> you know geese are so silly. <laughs> Uh, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're mean. We had some in our playground growing up, and they were not nice. Yeah, they're a little bit snip-snappity. Yeah, I get it, though. Like, when children are lunging at you, I mean, they probably are not really cool with that. They're like, can you stop being in my personal space? Whack. The older I get, the more I get it. I'm <laughs> like, get, protect
0: yourself, geese. You deserve it. Yeah, seriously. Go be in your own little geese. Geese area.
1: Your silly geese area. Yeah, do it. All right. Well, okay, Jackie, so today we do only have, uh, we're, we're on a schedule today, so we're going to have to be uh, about our time and, and checking it, and that's not something we usually do, but I promise it won't tamper the content. But Not at all. But we do need to get into our um, our goods and our ishes of the week before we get into talking about social anxiety. Jackie, are you ready with your good or your ish? I am.
0: All right, I'm you can lead us off. I'm going to start with my good. Perfect. My good was all the college football that I watched last weekend. Oh, yay. Oh, man, that FSU um LSU game. Man, what an evenly matched team sort of. Well, I think FSU was like looking like they're a little bit better, but it was like such a good game cuz last season um, you know, FSU beat LSU it was really close. They beat them in double overtime, I think. I'm not really rem- remembering correctly, but then last night I got to watch Duke beat Clemson. And I'm sorry if you're a Clemson fan, but that was very enjoyable to me.
1: Oh, it's always great. Clemson had their time in the limelight. Every team has, has to know that eventually you will fall from grace. It's just how it goes. I know. I'm just, I'm just winning And it's for fun to watch it drop. happen when it's not your school. That is very true.
0: I'm, I'm, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop with Georgia and uh, hoping it will, that it doesn't. It'll be a
1: while for you guys, but it will. It'll come eventually. And it'll come for Alabama, too. You know, it just it comes eventually. For for all. You're right. All. The good news for you is that it's an, you went to an SEC school that has a lot of money pumping into it. So it will never be that dire.
0: Very true. You know what I learned, though, is that Texas is the number one school that has revenue pumped into it. I didn't realize that.
1: I'm not surprised. That Texas people are crazy about their football, but their program has been lackluster for quite some time. Yeah, because like apparently the announcement was like Texas, it's going to be Texas this year, and well, they're about to join the SEC, so they'll be amongst the the big boys when college football is dead. Yes, from
0: Alex. Alex
1: is college football is dead. Corner oh, brought to you by Jackie.
0: I feel like we're hyping you up so much, Alex. So you better freaking deliver, dude. If you don't you're done you finished you're not you going have on the to podcast again
1: your mustache no, no more mustache for you no more uh
0: unless you're wearing a visor
1: that's allowed <laughs> that can be allowed as football season He needs some of that uh yeah rad dad energy yes
0: 100 <laughs> percent. that was my good and I've just been riding that high because I absolutely love watching college football so
1: how about you my friend Uh, college football was very fun. Loved that. We just got, I mean, I just would say mine is a little bit of that and a lot of bit of just having a really restful weekend. I didn't do a ton. I was pretty just mentally exhausted and event. My social battery has been pretty drained over the past like two weeks, I would say, and just needed to like lie on the couch and recharge. And yesterday Connor and I watched the whole first first season of True Detective, which I had seen before, but it was a long time ago and Connor had never seen. And I just haven't done something like that in a while. And that's one of my favorite things to do is just like binge a TV show on a day where I really need to rest. So that was delightful. Dude, I am all kinds of jealous. Yeah.
0: Um, I did that on Saturday. Er, Or excuse me, Sunday. Sunday. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. But Monday, this is where I'll get into my into my ish, but I don't want
1: to cut your good off. Oh no, that's it. That's really it. Just like got to lounge and enjoy and rest. And it was much needed. And now I'm just looking on the horizon to a few days off next week. And that is getting me through this week.
0: It's getting me through this week too. I'm like, get me to Disney. I need to see Mickey Mouse and friends.
1: And I need I to, I need to be there in happy land. I'm thinking about like, what do I need to pack and all of that just to mm-hmm. not focus on what is actually in front of me as a responsibility. And I'm happy about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I was thinking about that a lot today. I'm like, Ooh,
1: I got to run some errands. Yeah, I know. Cause I really too. need
0: to figure out what I want to wear to the park.
1: That yes. I, I, I don't, I haven't decided yet.
0: I haven't either. It's like, I'll probably do like, um, I don't know. What are those? I think you're wearing them right now. What are those shorts oh, yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, biker shorts biker shorts I'll probably do some biker shorts a sports bra and a big t-shirt because then if I get really hot I can always take that off tie it around
1: my waist or something I was thinking about a similar thing like what I'm the exact thing I'm wearing right now but like variation of it and then with uh like a button down over it instead so oh, that's think, smart you know, sim- similar vibe but then I'm also playing with the idea because Disney's not like a it's a little more chill than say like going to a throw ride park so I could do jean shorts and it wouldn't be so bad uh but I don't know We'll play around. Oh, I dig it. Oh, I'm very excited. Me too. Me too. Excited. I was even today, I was like, let me do my makeup and see if I can do Disney Park makeup of like the lightest, like just for SPF and then like barely anything over that. And I was like, think that That was getting me through even that today. I was like, let <sighs> me just be thinking about nothing that important, but something that's not important but today. <laughs> You're like, but Disney, that's what's on my I'm mind. Just like, But when I'm outside in 98 degree weather and I'm sweating my mm-hmm. Butt off, and I still need some protection. That's what I was thinking about. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. I seriously can't wait for
0: the rides. I can't wait for tackling my fear, getting on those roller coasters. You You guys are only two weeks away from you hearing about this. It's going to be awesome. I know. I know. It's going to be crazy awesome. And I'm going to fully, um, I'll show you like a before and after picture because I'm sure before I'll be terrified. Although I did see a video of children on Tower of Terror and they were stuck on the ride. And they didn't look scared at all. They looked like they were so young. And I was like, I can do this.
1: You can do it. And the Babies good thing are about tower even if you get stuck, you're in a building. The whole yeah. thing is inside a building. It's not like hanging out like most drop rides. So you, they probably just have hallways you can walk into if Thank you get stuck on a level.
0: Good, good. It's going to be all great. to be great. I can't wait.
1: Well, okay. I can't wait either.
0: Hit me with that ish. Okay, so... Um, Hannah and I record in Ned's office and it is a cool space, but yesterday being Monday, it's a Labor Day, uh, we were like, let's, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling better after feeling crappy the week before. Like, I don't need another day to rest. That was stupid. Um, I was like, let's paint. I'll paint the bathroom, our master bath, which is not that big, you guys, just for context. And Ned's going to paint his office there. I would say the office is like probably more to paint than the master bath, but the master bath has all these crevices. And Correct.
1: That's what I was about to say. It's, it's a lot more surface area, but it's a lot less complex.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. And so what I realized is I spent from 11, 15 AM until 6 PM painting the bathroom. Yeah. That's how long it took me.
1: Did you take a, a 30 minute lunch break i did take a break i did punch the clock okay good i
0: did i did i i needed it but um yeah so i do that and state
1: mandated lunch break
0: (laughs) yeah seriously it's like you gotta take your break and then i realized and i come downstairs that not only and ned started like two or three hours after me because he was podcasting he had his office his entire office finished painted and like the edges look amazing And our bathroom, like, I'm, like, embarrassed. Like, I don't even want to show it to you. Like, it looks good, but let me tell you that the the edging that I did is the worst edging of my life. I've learned that I'm not the best painter. Because I've never really, like, painted solo. I've always painted in a group. Sure. Sure.
1: This is my first And there's always solo. an edger on the team that hits the edges. Always. Okay. That's what and... I love to do as a kid. I love the edging with the special oh, brushes. Oh, wow, you're good so at that fun. then. I'm well like I haven't so done bad. it in a very long time. So my skills have probably completely rested. But I used to really love that when I was younger. Yeah i ugh, good for you i think part it's hard of, it's not if the tape's not completely perfectly on. i didn't use tape you didn't use tape okay there's your first mistake <laughs> you can't that you can't be hard on yourself if you didn't use tape you know it's crazy but ned
0: didn't use tape look at his edging look around us right now how crazy is that
1: yeah that's i mean y'all, it's amazing. perfect
0: it and in my edging and I think here's my problem. I'm I'm a very impatient person. I know this about myself. Me too. Like I don't have the patience to move my hand slowly against the against the trim. I'm like, no, the are cooking. And I think that's part of my problem because I kept I kept messing it up. And gotcha. I kept having to come back to it. And, like, fix it and wipe it off sure. and wipe it again. And so Ned's going to have to go over my edges. And I was just like, are you telling me I could have just been on the couch just having a great day with the TV in front of me and just worry about that Yeah. several months from now? I was just like, it just bummed me out, you know? Yeah, so this yeah, is like a no trivial kidding. thing.
1: Well, okay, I- I'm going to gift you some painter's tape. So whenever you want to spontaneously paint again, you can just put that up because then you don't have to be slow. You just brush, brush, brush away because the right. tape does the job. That so, was my problem I, fam. Well, it's okay. I I really admire the boldness to try without paint. It looks really shitty. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? It'll get fixed. Oh, well, I get why you care. I would feel the same exact way. It would very much defeat me, but I am just impressed with you guys for doing a home project on a day off. That's amazing. Well, thanks. Thanks, I mean, dude. I that's what normal people do, but I like, couldn't be peeled off the couch. I mean, we went to see my family for a couple of hours, but then we came back home and then peeled right back or just got right back into the couch. There's probably still uh, an indentation then- from where we lied down yesterday. <laughs> that's the best. That's when you know you've been relaxing, living it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So you're ish, my friend.
1: Um, yeah, my ish, I guess my ish is just that I, for the past couple of weeks, just, it's kind of similar to last week's. I just had a low social battery. I think I was just feeling a little bit of burnout and socialization and still I'm kind of feeling that like, I just, I don't know. I just feel like I am in a state right now where I just need, I just would prefer to be alone a lot of the time. And I don't love that. And that's not always the case for me. I always enjoy being alone, but I don't always prefer it. And I just have for the last couple of weeks been like, I don't feel like I can get enough alone time. And I just like, I'm ready for that to pass. So I guess that's my, mm. my ish. And I think a lot of that has to do with just trying to, I don't know, balance and figure out a lot of stuff that's going on in this season. And I think that once I get a couple of days off and get to go do something else besides try to like, you know, work every day and be in the midst of that and whatever, and just adjust back to maybe a a little bit more normal schedule with, Saturday football and, you know, just more, there's more regular schedule in life for us in the fall than there was in the summer, which is fun, but it can really throw me off balance. And I think mm-hmm. I need more regiment in my life. So it's mm-hmm. coming. It'll be good. It
0: will be good. And yeah. maybe it'll surprise you. And afterwards you'll be like, oh, I feel some of it a little bit of a social battery.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's one of those things, like, yeah, it's so bizarre where I'm just like, I love my people, but I just feel like I don't have a lot to give right now. And I hope Mm -mm. that that, I I know that that, I know it'll come and go, but that's my ish for the week. Yeah. Mm. Well, I hope that you continue to take the time for yourself
0: and that you don't have a ton of plans for the next week, you know? Thanks, dude. To just chill, watch TV, be alone, because I too value that deeply. That alone time is fan-freaking-tastic yeah the best. It's, right.
1: oh it's it's absolutely the best and and yeah I think I think I should I mean this week's a little crazy but I should have time to prioritize that soon enough and it'll be great yes it will be Looking forward to it all right shall we dive in yes
0: I was gonna like segue with a question I was gonna be like okay, so does that segue? bring you anxiety or something <laughs> <like that. laughs> I was gonna Good be like one. let us tee this up
1: Okay. But yes, it does. Okay. So I can just segue us perfectly through that question because one of the ways I get social anxiety is when I'm feeling this way, which is a common feeling for me. And I think oftentimes has to do with ADHD burnout and just my self-esteem problems that I've talked about and just being really in my head about a lot of things. I just feel really overwhelmed in life often. And then thinking about taking that and going into a social setting is just really stressful for me sometimes because I start to think like they're going to think I hate them or I don't know what I'm going to, like how in the world I'm going to muster up energy to talk to people or like I get stressed. I mean, the one the comment about they're going to hate me, I definitely think about that a lot. Like if I can't pretend to be peppy and engaged or like I want to be here, then they're going to think I hate them and that I don't value their time. And there's always like experiences in the past that sort of certify those thoughts that Mm -hmm. have stamped and said, that's how people have felt before. And now that I have some context for the reason why I get so burnout and mentally drained, it helps me forgive myself. But oftentimes other people don't understand that, like, I'm trying to learn how to balance out this, you know, neurodivergence that I have that I'm learning about, but has been like really challenging for me my whole life and exhausting mentally. Mm -hmm. So it just makes me anxious. What about you? How How does like your... What's your first thought when you think about social anxiety? Jeez. I think it comes in a number of forms for me.
0: I get really, I get a ton of social anxiety after the fact. Okay. So if I've been social a lot a week or if I leave a conversation, I'm like replaying that conversation in my head so much so to the point where it's, uh, not healthy for me, so it could be any conversation, in my brain, like, I'll, I'll for example, we're talking about, it could, it could be anything, like, uh, Pets or something, and you tell me I really like this type of pet, like I'm a cat person, or you say I'm a dog person, and then we have this long conversation about it, and I express to you my opinion, even though it's different, and it could be the smallest thing. Sure. I then leave that conversation. I replay that conversation in my head and I become anxious on how A, how I made that person feel. You know, that's my biggest like thing I get anxious about is how did I make that person feel in that moment? like, why am I feeling anxious? And sometimes, like, I'll be feeling anxious for, like, no reason at all. So, I think that I'm inclined to be an anxious person, but at the same time, like, I will worry about something. So, if you think about that on a scale, right, and that's the smaller side of my social anxiety scale, when I have big conversations with people. So, it could be something about where we don't necessarily agree, like, on religion, on politics, on, um, like it could be moral values, like it could be whatever. And then, you know, I'll leave that. And I'm like, oh my God, did I like make that person feel bad? Did I say something that, that was wrong? Even at work, if there's a stressful situation that I'm trying to deal with and problem solve, it's like I could replay that in my head a lot. It's gotten better over the years, but that is what social anxiety is for me. It's not like before most of the time I'm like going to any social setting, like not really worried about it unless
1: I haven't seen someone in a long time. So sure. it's, it's kind of
0: both of those for me.
1: Yeah. I completely relate on that. I mean, I I run everything in my head over a million times, but I would say I I relate to that, but I also have a lot of pre social hangs anxiety. It's it's a lot better than it used to be, but Uh, you know, as my self-esteem has improved, I've improved that and learned, you know, you can't also, as I've just learned about people that you can't control how they respond or they're an equal partner and making sure that this time spent together goes well. But that even as I'm saying it now, I'm like, I know that that's true, but that's a very hard thing for me to kind of digest before. So I get really anxious before I hang out with people, unless I see them consistently to a point to where I feel like I know. Like with you, I I know how you feel most of the time. And like it's I'm not anxious about that. But somebody who I'm not quite sure where I stand, which oftentimes I assume everybody hates me. So especially Mm -hmm. if there's been a little bit of distance, I just assume that Everybody's gossiping about me, thinks I'm the worst and like wants me dead. Not really. That's an exaggeration. But sometimes like some people might dislike me that much. Um, and that is something that makes me really, really anxious before I hang out with people is I get really, really in my head about how they feel about me. And it can be very can lead to a lot of dread prior to spending time yeah. with people. And part of why being alone is a lot safer. <laughs> so mm-hmm. really about it, But then when I spend a lot of time alone, then I'm spending less time with people and then people think I don't want to spend time with them. When really, if it's not, if they're not in front of me, it's not that I don't love them. They're just not top of mind because they're not literally right in front of me. And that's just, hard for me to balance like trying to think about all my friends all the time Mm -hmm. putting that on the calendar but then that becomes a problem because when I don't see them consistently I think that they start hating me because I've had people in the past who have been hard on me for that so I think oh I'm sorry I had a question it's definitely rooted in previous experiences but it's also a little bit of my nature how I was born so Mm -hmm. just kind of a nature that has been fed proof for it being right over time by people being hard on me. What was your question? So with people
0: being hard on you, is that at, I'm sure you can define different points in your life when that was the case. What like age ranges were those? And like in that stage of life, like, do you think if you had been like in a different stage, you would have received it differently? Or like, I know
1: that's kind of a loaded question, but So a lot of this happened with a couple particular friends in high school and college, uh, friends that I loved dearly, but I had, um, it was just complicated because I was trying to balance multiple friendships and at the time, I mean, I'm not trying to blanket statement everything I have did in the past with ADHD, but a lot of it was related to that being undiagnosed and like I just didn't have the skills to balance all these friendships, but I had, I just Mm -hmm. had I didn't have too many friends, but for me, I had too many friends, if that makes sense, like, mm-hmm. with the toolkit that I had to balance it. And so in trying to balance my friendships, I did a poor job, uh, which I forgive myself for because I didn't have the skills to figure it out. And I was very overwhelmed and anxious and depressed. So it was hard for me to even a friend in the first place, but I had a couple particular friends that were very disappointed in how much I was able to give to them and thought that I should have given them more. And that always because of my self-esteem being low and for the fact that I was just like really hard on myself about everything at that age um, and definitely have that reject uh, rejection sensitivity. I took it very, very seriously and let those people kind of tell me who I was and how I was as a friend. And then Mm -hmm. I really internalized it and thought like, well, if I can't be a good friend to them, then I must not be able to be a good friend and never was able to step back and realize maybe I'm just a different kind of friend and I have to handle friendships differently and set different boundaries because of how I'm wired and how I'm made. Uh, But at the time in high school and college, I just, I didn't, I didn't have the tools to figure it out. So I do think that if I had those similar experiences now, I wouldn't maybe let them define me as much, Mm -hmm. but I do think I would still get anxiety because I still care about people a lot. And when I'm not delivering what they need, it's still really, I take it really personally because Mm -hmm. I care about them. But I think what I would do better now is maybe not making it as much about me and how much of a failure I am and maybe hopefully trying to figure out where to make adjustments to be a better friend for that person instead of making it a definition about me Mm -hmm. holistically as a friend. And it's
0: crazy. Like I I have so many things to say right now. It's crazy how much weight a friend can have in your life. Like it's kind of scary and, and can be very dangerous. Um, because it's like, well, if you're just step, because I'm listening to this third party and I'm like, but like, you know, even if that person didn't know you were hurting, right? There are signs that, hey, you know, you're going through something in your life. Hey, you know, not a totally like crap on this person. I don't know this person, but it's like extremely unfair to me for someone to, in that situation, react that way. And I think I, this hits a point in me where I get angry because I'm getting angry right now. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just like, oh, I want to go back in time and I want to have a word with this person. I think it like it like tweaks something in me, and I think that's because, you know, there have been people in my life too who have have told me they have expectations of me, and at that time I was so incredibly hard on myself, and I chose to take that weight on because I wasn't strong enough to stand up for myself because I thought, oh, I'm always to blame, and I told myself this narrative, and that just like, that just like gives me this sense of passionately being upset you know like I'm gripping my fist like
1: (laughs) tightly right now it's so tough because I think back on the age that I was and my friends were and I don't want to blame any of us necessarily I mean we all have a little bit of blame to accept but I I just want to be careful with the way I talk about my friends as well because they're wiring at that time in their life and their skill set was also something they were figuring out and they were filling their toolkit just like I was and definitely not ready to understand themselves yet just like I wasn't. And so it was almost like, and maybe this is true of everybody, we're drawn to the people that are almost opposite of us in a lot of ways. And we don't have the skills yet to figure out how to Make that friendship last. So it just begins to hurt us. And mm-hmm. the person like me that was more wired to be a doormat was drawn to the people who would create a doormat out of me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And I let it happen. So it's mm-hmm. not their fault. And it's not my fault. It's just that we were young. I don't know. It's like situational, you know? Totally. Just... I mean, what about? Okay. So for you, in those situations, tell me about how that might've connected to any social anxiety. Those, that friendship that you had, or those friendships that you had that were a similar dynamic where you were put into constraints that you didn't set for yourself and expectations that you didn't set for yourself. Do you feel like that plays into the way you carry yourself in friendships or social situations now? Yeah, that's a great question.
0: Um, I think, it still impacts me now. It doesn't impact me as much as it did I think when I was like in college, like late high school college cuz that's when I really put a lot of pressure on myself, but I definitely gave people more I gave their words more value than those words needed to have, and I think you know, I've I've had very very close friends in my life who I cherish and I love dearly, but who had great expectations of me and I could not meet them because I am not a perfect person. I think it was, I'm very quick to, and it could be somebody who's not even my friend going back to the people pleasing. I want that person to accept me. I want them to see me and to be pleased with who I am and the way that I do things. So if I already care for somebody who's not my friend, imagine how much I care when I have a friend, I care significantly about that yeah, person
1: for sure. Same. So
0: it's like so earth shattering when I cannot give them what they need. But tying that back to social anxiety, yes, I think that I leave and replay conversations in my head because I'm it's like a defense mechanism in me because I'm trying To justify why I might have said something, I'm replaying it in my mind so that I know maybe, oh, I should say this again or I shouldn't say this again to protect myself from upsetting anybody or hurting anybody or trying to prevent a future problem that might happen that's probably never going to happen, but I've created it
1: in my mind. Absolutely. And I was just thinking while you're talking about protection from hurting somebody else, do you feel like there's also a protection happening for you, because when you hurt somebody else blank or like something happens to you past that, that you're really protecting yourself from that. Hmm.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to need you to repeat the question.
1: So like, okay. So you're protecting yourself from saying something that might hurt someone, but Mm -hmm. that when you hurt somebody Mm -hmm. that then would respond with making you feel a type of way. So it's really like you're protecting yourself from the feeling after you hurt somebody. Is that,
0: yeah, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. I would say that I'm preemptively trying not to feel the effects of what it would be like if I hurt somebody. But at that same time, while I'm doing that, like I'm simultaneously going to every length in Mm -hmm. those conversations, like having conversations, not with myself, but with others to make sure that I have not hurt them. So I will be like, Hey, is everything like, for example, in my marriage one thing I ask Ned a lot of the time and he does it for me too is like, I'm like, are you okay? Cause like, I'm like trying to like read like his vibe. And if like, I think he's had a bad day, are you you okay? Like, I want to make sure like I'll ask my teammates, are you okay? Like you okay today? Like just try, just checking in on them because you know, I want to make sure. And a lot of the time it it, it can be uh, selfish. It's like self-motivated because I'm trying to make sure did I, and it's not that way always,
1: you know, well, but sometimes and I don't think it's necessarily bad for it to be self motivated to a degree because ultimately it leads to caring for others, so it's not a negative thing to be doing.
0: Yes, I completely agree with you that is that is a really good point. It's just when it and you mentioned this before it's like it's just when it comes down to is it hurting me at the end of the day, yeah, but in that case. Not, not at all. I'm fine checking on somebody. If anything, I feel like I'd be hurting myself by not asking them because I would just be like bubbling like under like a pressure cooker or like I'm boiling water and, you know, I would feel like I had to ask
1: totally well and i the reason i ask that is just because i think that we have these like <laughs> maybe not but it's sometimes i feel like we have these deep wounds that lead us to do all the things to keep us from feeling that deep wound opening back up and and that is the case for me in in social anxiety and in my relationships where i'm going to great extents to try to either put up space or um i don't know avoid things or you know, for me, for instance, it might be avoiding a relationship or pulling away when I sense that it's getting like those relationships in the past. And I mm-hmm. like want to protect myself yeah, from feeling yeah. like I can't be a good friend and all I am is a disappointment. And that's the real, like that's the wound that leads to a lot of my anxiety and why I'm suspicious that everybody hates me and all this stuff because if I'm getting ahead of it. And I'm thinking about it and getting ahead of it in some way. It feels like I'm protecting myself Mm -hmm. from whenever, you know, it will happen again. Whenever I hear from people that, you know, I am that much of a disappointment to them as those friends had told me in the past. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's really why I ask it was that selfish reason is that I have that, that deep, deep wound that happened to me at an impressionable age that has really affected me in the way that I carry my friendships now in positive ways and in negative ways. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's like one experience
0: like that carries so much weight in your life. Like, and you can, you can go through so many You could talk, you know, obviously of course, like there's something really amazing and therapeutic and special about talking these things out or going to therapy or being like active about, okay, I'm identifying this in myself. What do, do I, what would I like to change about it? Do I want to change this? Yeah. Um, and that's like, just so crazy to recognize and be like, man, that happened so many years ago, but that's still, that is, was the catalyst for the way that I respond to situations and the way that I am in my mind and my heart, like whatever, that's wild.
1: It It's wild to think about. And as I sit here, I'm thinking about the fact that like those friendships were for me, for me were very, um. Kind of like deep, bonnie and Clyde type like dangerous, like almost so uh deep and emotionally raw, I guess friendships at that age where you don't quite have training wheels you you've taken the training wheels off, and you don't quite know how to ride a bike yet, and i you know I'm pretty open and can get very vulnerable with people pretty easily, and so people that were hungry for that really found that comforting, but then I I don't know. It just got really deep and dangerous. So it's almost like when I can sense that a relationship is similar or I can sense in somebody similar qualities, like I, Mm -hmm. in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to disappoint them. So I can't even let Mm -hmm. it go there. So it's almost like I put up guards, which I think some of them are good, but some of them maybe keep me from being able to enter into relationships in a similar way that I was with more knowledge, more of a toolkit now. And I haven't really thought about that. Before because you know, adulthood and friendships in adulthood are very different than college and high school. So I wasn't thinking in a similar context. But I think I definitely avoid certain types of friendships because it just didn't work out for me in the past. And I I'm not sitting here right now. I think again, some good, some bad, but I don't I don't really know quite how to what to make of that. But I do Mm -hmm. think there's a part of me that pulls away when I sense. A repeat of relationships that have hurt me in the past, even some as an adult, where I'm like, I can feel that this is going to repeat a pattern, and what I are like the first be... signs of that for you? Like, um, I, I mean, a lot of it I think is completely subconscious, or yeah, it's subconscious. I can't really tell that I'm doing it, but I think my it's almost like my body and my mind can sense. Like, oh, this pattern is repeating itself. Don't stick around and be made a fool again or let that same feeling happen to you again. So I think it's really subconscious and really my body and my mind just kind of steering me away or creating space and, uh, with certain people. And I think sometimes it's healthy and sometimes it's mm-hmm. not. But I, I will say that I haven't had as much pain since then. So I don't really know. I don't know what to make mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, that's really interesting. What
0: age were you when you had the, like, where you said, you described, like, Bonnie and Clyde. You're
1: like, but I didn't,
0: have the t- I didn't have the training wheels yet to be able to.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, those friendships were high school and college. And um, I-, I was still trying to figure out who I was. So it was back then. But I've even had friendships as, adult, as an adult where um, I've, I've felt a lot of pain and it wasn't anybody's fault. Necessarily, but I felt very isolated and hurt, and so there have been patterns there in adulthood too. Like for instance, people phase changing in their life—that's <laughs> a weird mm-hmm. way to phrase it. Um, people, First, second, I thought
0: you meant like changing their face, and then I was like, oh, phase changing, phase <laughs> changing,
1: which is a weird way to <laughs> okay. say okay. moving on to a different stage of life and feeling left behind, and that has been very hurtful for me in the past when it—you know—nobody was at fault, but I just felt really isolated and and alone. And so that is an example of something that's happened when I was an adult and had more context for me, for who I was, was in therapy, was, you know, working through it with a professional, but it was really hurtful to me. And so I think I even still have, and I've told you before, like I have these like natural gut, almost like nervous system reactions sometimes when people announce that new stages are happening in their life, because I immediately triggers like, oh, you're left behind again. And I like will naturally start pushing those people away because, and I don't want to do that. I'm more cognizant of the fact that that has been a pattern for me and trying to figure out how to, you know, navigate that in a healthy way. But my natural instinct is just to be like, Oh my gosh, no, not going through that again. That was so, so hard. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you protecting yourself. Totally. First and foremost, being like, that was
0: really painful season. I don't want to do that. And you're like subconsciously could not even be thinking about it and you're just reacting.
1: Yeah, Yeah, totally. That like makes sense, man. Do you have any subconscious or uh, maybe just conscious adjustments based on those college age friendships or, you know, anything that you've experienced since then that you just kind of find yourself setting up guardrails to avoid? Yeah. Um...
0: I, yes, yes, I think so. I think I have some triggers around, like, if I have a friend that, like, perhaps, perhaps I, this person is really close with other people that, not necessarily that I was close with before, but that I know from a past time or something. And, you know, I remember, you know, you never remember what people said, right? You always remember how they made you feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I try to avoid situations and you mentioned this previously. I think we relate in this way. I avoid situations in which I feel isolated.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like I'm like, Ooh, I don't like that. But, but the fact that I'm isolated, not even like, Oh, we don't, we don't have the same interests, but it comes down to like, we are so different and the things we disagree on are like so intertwined into my day-to-day living that me and you just like do not see eye to eye and that that is hard for me I yeah. I struggle with if I feel like something is not right like genuinely I'm like, I'm like in my gut I'm like that is not right and somebody is like for that it is very it is a very challenging for me to be friends with that person
1: Oh, I'm right there with you incredibly hard and those are the ones to like bring it back to the general topic of social anxiety those are the relationships that I get very anxious about before and after because I just feel like there's no winning when everybody is on a different page and when you're so convicted that something is right and you're you know like you said you're disagreeing on that it's it's challenging
0: it's, <laughs> it's extremely hard. challenging hard. Really what it hard. does is it puts up this barrier between being able to go deep with somebody like you're like okay, so we can do the surface level thing, but like when the surface level thing becomes a challenge, it's really hard for me to be around you, like point point blank. Oh like, yeah, and I know that there are a lot of when I really think about maybe triggers for me or that kind of thing. It's like it's you know, and sometimes it's I I look at myself and I go, hey, where could I have like genuinely like I don't I don't. It's not even like a defense mechanism. I sit down and I'm like, how could I have Maybe not fix the relationship, but it's like, is there anything else I could have done? Is there anything else I can do to make this situation better to where we can be healthy, have this deep relationship? And it's like, no. And that's that's not always going to be the case. And a lot of times I think I looked back and thought of that as failure when really it's not. I think for a lot of the times it's you protecting, but in a healthy way. It's like, totally. I have to be, I have to protect myself and I have to um, literally protect my peace. Um, and like, that's where I'm at in this stage in life and, and it is what it is. And the, that person possibly, I don't know, might feel the same way about me. Totally. Um, that would be okay. But, um, and there have been seasons where I've had friends where we, you know, um, had like a falling out and then now we're friends again. And it's like, not that we ever disagreed on anything like severely, but it was just like. A season where what that person was going through and what I was going through were not aligning.
1: Yeah, and now we're
0: friends. It's just like one of those things that I it just happens. That. I
1: yeah. think that's really healthy, and I'm trying to think about when I'm trying to think about relationships that way more instead of taking on what I think about all the time is like myself as a failure and the fact that I'm really bad at keeping up with people that aren't right in front of me, no matter how much I love them. It is so hard for me to do that. And I, I now have context for why, but I still, am, I'm trying to get a little better, but it's just like, it's really hard for me to keep up with people. And so my favorite people in the whole world do not live in the parameters of my city. And so that's been hard for me, but it's, it's been healthy to try to shift to that mindset of, Hey, it's not that easy for anyone to keep up with people all mm-hmm. the time. And yes, I'm worse than most people. And I do admit that. But they need to live their life where they are and will keep up, but like I can't be their number one because they need people where they are and I need people where I am and if I don't have that, then that's not good and I know that they love me and that's what they would want for me as well and when things change or if we ever end up in the same place or maybe we end up in a time where we need virtual friends more whatever they're going to be there or you know things come together and then they go apart and then they come together and they go apart and it's really been hard for me to accept that Mm -hmm. but the idea of accepting it and getting more acquainted with it has been so freeing because That's just that happens for everybody and it's Mm -hmm. natural. I mean, we ebb and flow in relationships all the time, all the time. We do. I know. And And that's okay. Yeah. But man, that's like such a driver of my social anxiety because I am always thinking about how I'm not doing a good enough job to keep friends to keep the same level of friendship with people all the time. And I'm, my, people who are listening are probably laughing. They're like, you're terrible at that. I'm like, yeah, but I'm thinking about it all the time. It's mm-hmm. causing me anxiety in my head all the time, whether I'm reaching out to you or not. And I'm trying to get better about just letting myself free from it and saying, it's fine. <laughs> it's, you don't have to stay the same level of friends with people forever. It's not, it's not practical or possible in any way. Uh, that's That really is such a contributor to my, my my social anxiety. I mean, before I walk into a dinner with somebody, before I show up, even it used to be with my family, before I show up with my family, I feel that so much less now, but it's like, if you're not being a good enough friend, a good enough daughter, a good enough anything, you show up in a room, and I just, I assume that everybody in there is staring at me and is angry at me, and it's just not the case most yeah. of the time, and if they are, they can tell me, and yeah. if they don't tell yeah. me, that's their problem. Yeah.
0: Isn't that crazy how our minds like create that scenario for us? And it's yep. like, yeah, that's the thing. And it's like, well, actually, it's
1: probably mostly in my head. Absolutely. And and sometimes it's not like those experiences that I've had in the past that you've had in the past where there have been a misalignment of expectations that have led to frustrations and big fallouts. And I'm grateful that I don't have the same level of, you know, intense fallouts with people anymore, not to say that I won't in the future, but I hope that I won't because I really care about those people. And, you know, Mm I hate that that happened because they're such lovely people and um, I'm sure they might feel similarly about me now. I, (laughs) I would imagine that I hope they do, but I I wouldn't expect them to. Um, But, you know, it's, it's just good to give ourselves a pat on the back and a
0: break. It is. It's like, I'm doing my best over here. I'm trying and it's it's just day by day working through how to and I know like probably my anxiety is never gonna go away a hundred percent. My social yes, anxiety for sure. but like mitigating that to where it's a smaller fraction of what it has been in my life and it doesn't have the final say in a relationship, it doesn't have the final say on a situation or an experience, like something can be happening and I can try to reverse it and be like, yeah. no, like I'm I'm going to choose not to think about this. And it's like just identifying those early signs, you know?
1: Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a big task, but I think that it's a worthy task because life is hard enough and adulthood is hard enough to carry around the burden of every year you make new friends or new people that are in your life and you know, that adds to the tally of people that you can put on the list of people to feel bad about not being a good enough friend or to be worried about what you've said to them in the past. And we don't have enough time for that. And we certainly don't have enough emotional energy for that. So to a degree, it's like, you just got to let it go and try to find, like you said, protect your peace whenever you can, because it's stressful out here. Mm -hmm. It is. It is stressful. (laughs) It's stressful. It Um, is. So on a little bit of a different note, but with social anxiety, you know, as the, the same topic, thinking about like a party. Okay. Just like a, like a really standard social anxiety environment. Mm-hmm. You said when you are going to a party with a group of people, you don't have anxiety prior really. Mm-mm. Okay. So explain to me what's going through your head before you show up to a party. Oh,
0: okay. I'm just really excited to go and be there and see people and talk and mingle. Now I'm, I'm anxious if I'm seeing somebody I don't want to see.
1: Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a strange relationship or one where you don't feel like things are in a good place. Yes, totally. Yeah, correct. I mean, I yeah. I get that to a 100% degree. And I get really in my head. But when I'm going to a party, I'm, like,
0: really excited. And I'm like, yes, it's going to be so fun. And then I've thought, you know, a lot about the outfit that I'm wearing. And I like my outfit a lot. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be fun to be wearing my fun new outfit or my outfit I put together and going Love to the that. party. What about you when you're going to a party?
1: Um, okay, so I – I'm the complete opposite. I am usually pretty anxious. I'm usually thinking about how I am terrible at small talk and I don't know how to talk to people, even sometimes people that I know well and I don't know what to say in a party environment. I, in fact, used to, like, really... overshare with people because I'm just naturally thinking about talking about things very differently than a lot of people. And so party environments are really stressful for me and I don't really know how to do it. And I am always thinking about that. So it's almost like what you think about afterwards, I'm always thinking about before. Mm -hmm. Like I've already messed up in my head before I even show up. Um, and there's, there's an Avett brothers song that I love that me and my friend, Anna Gray, shout out Anna Gray, um, talk about all the time because we both have social anxiety and we're both pretty, we're both introverted. So I think that's a difference. It's like I'm introverted. So the idea of going and being around a lot of people is going to take energy out of me. So I'm already stressed about how tired I'm going to be afterwards and like what people are going to think about me when I don't know what to talk to them about. Cause I can't small talk for the life of me. So there's a lyric in the song, paranoia in B major. It says, I keep having this dream. I'm at a party. There's people throwing drinks and screaming, telling me I don't belong. Uh, And it says, uh, lately life's been the same. I find this comfortable place with all my friends. And then my friends start telling me that I've always been wrong and I'm so tired of being wrong. That's how I feel before every single party and every (sighs) single social gathering. It's not always that extreme, but honestly, like it's pretty on point. So when I hear that song, I'm like, yes, I feel seen. You're like I resonate with that. <laughs> it's I crazy. Do. Cause I feel like
0: we're like, you're on the beginning. You're like pre-social anxiety and I'm like post-social anxiety.
1: Yeah. And, and honestly, like I, I have post-anxiety, but I just never thought it would be good in the first place. So I'm always That's like, true. it you're doesn't like... shock me as much afterwards, but I definitely think about things that I've said and ruminate over them a lot of times, especially if I don't know somebody as well. I will be concerned about my oversharing because I overshare. (laughs) So I get worried about that. And then I also get worried about that dynamic with the the kind of person who's really excited to meet someone who's vulnerable and oversharing. I'm kind of nervous that if somebody bites on that too much, that it's going to be like a toxic situation again. So they're going to expect me to be like that all the time. And then that's a, we've talked about that before in the friendship episode where people just expect me to come. Vulnerable all the time, and I just can't do it. Yeah, can't. you're like no, <laughs> like putting too much expectations on me, man. Yeah, but it all starts by oversharing at a party. So <laughs>
0: honestly, that's where I get a lot of my like post social anxiety too, because like yeah. I'm a very like open book, and sometimes I'm like, oh god,
1: that was too much.
0: Where yeah. I'll even do that at work. Like I'm just talking to somebody, and I'm like, oh, they didn't really ask me about like everything I did on Saturday, and I'm like, oh, oh no, I shouldn't have told them about that story where I did this crazy thing. which Dude. I didn't do the crazy thing.
1: I used to get that all the time when I worked in the, when I worked in an office setting for many, many years, I felt so much anxiety all the time that I overshared in a professional setting because I'm not wired to be a professional, like in that way. When it comes to friendships, I, the line is very hard for me to find. (laughs) So in a virtual setting, it's a lot easier for me. I draw a lot clearer boundaries, but it's tough to know when to stop sharing and being (laughs) like friendly and open.
0: It is. It is tough. I know. It's just like, uh, I don't know.
1: I don't know. It's tough. And I feel anxiety about that afterwards too. A lot of times I think like, was I oversharing? But the, the thing is a lot of times people appreciate it, but it does rub people the wrong way sometimes too. So I completely yeah. get that, like it running through your head. I definitely think about that too.
0: It's hard like with new people too. Cause I feel like it, in my mind, I'm like, oh, the the stakes are low because they don't really know me. So I'm just like, oh, I'll just come out them with whatever. Maybe i never see them again. But then also when I really, really think about it, I'm like, oh, they're kind of high because this person could like be in my life. and Oh, yeah. Da, 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 and, you know, but I don't usually go to that with thinking, but I think that's just all based on the experiences I've had in the past and now how I uh, deal with situations.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I feel like it's high for me in my head. It's always high with new people because I just want them to accept me. And Mm -hmm. it goes back to that like deep wound I have of like feeling like I didn't belong with my friends when I was little, like well before high school, Um, feeling kind of like the one on the outside that nobody would have noticed if I was gone. And so Mm -hmm. when I'm meeting new people, I'm like, I want them to notice me and I want them to like me. But then I also Mm -hmm. like, I, Am not good at doing that, mm-hmm. so I don't really know. And and so it just makes me anxious meeting new people because, like, I feel like they're gonna hate me or whatever. Yeah. But I want them to like me.
0: I I totally I totally get that. And yeah. even as like a kid, being like on the fringe, I was always like on the fringe of the group. So I'd be like a part of a group of people, but then I would never felt like I was at the center. But I was okay, like I would always just be migrating around to different groups. And then all of a sudden yep. I was friends with everybody. And I was like, yep. well, I was like, well, this kind of you know, at the time I was like, well, this kind of sucks because I don't really have a group of people I can like go to. And I was like, wait, I have so many people. And it's just like kind of like, you know, you can go, yo, own way. <laughs> That's, That's like right. what do you really think of? <laughs> I
1: love that. Like just
0: like, you know, if you're, you know, you get different personalities, different people, and like at the end of the day, a lot of times, like actually that was sometimes in high school I was I was very lonely because yeah. I was friends with all these different people mm-hmm. all these different groups of people but I never had like you know in certain seasons there were seasons where I was like this is my best friend but I had some seasons where you know it'd be a Friday night and I, I wouldn't have any plans most Friday nights oh, yeah. I was at home with my parents like I didn't I didn't have plans it, it was you just, and me-
1: Jackie <laughs> yeah man we should have been hanging out dude we should have been hanging out because I that was the story of my youth as well, just feeling like I was on the fringe of a lot of different friend groups. But then it got me into trouble because then I loved all these different friends Mm -hmm. and then they expected me to be as fully present as everybody else in the group. But then I had like four other groups that expected the same of me. But then the group that I like thought I belonged to the most didn't even notice when I was gone, it felt like. So it's just like this weird juxtaposition of feeling like you're not being enough to half the groups that you're a part of and that you want to be more to the group that I wanted to be a part of when I was young. And it's just, it's just funny. But it did get me kind of into that deep wound in high school and college, where it was like, I had so many different friends in different groups. It's almost impossible to meet expectations when you're trying to balance that many different friend groups. Very like impossible. It's like yeah. you're always grasping for something you can't reach. Totally. You're like this utility player on each team. <laughs> it's like, how are you supposed to be on it 17 You are. At the yeah. same time, it's not like you're their favorite. Per- I'm not saying I was like their favorite person or anything, but when you're supposed to be a part of a group, and like you said, you're a part of multiple, but then you never really have your identity in one, then you, it, it mm-hmm. is pretty lonely.
0: Yeah, you're it always playing really- pickup games. It's like, yeah. we need another player. I'm like, I'm here. Yep. Need a
1: player? I'm here, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And just like yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, just like yep. whoa, I don't have, I don't
1: have five me's. Only yeah. one me. And and yep, exactly. And and I feel like that's one thing that in this season of life, I'm actually kind of grateful for. Is like I feel like I've kind of. It, it's hard because I have all those people that don't, I I feel stressed about not keeping up with. But it, for the most part, got a pretty settled group of people that I hang yeah. out with, and it's a lot less stressful for me yeah way less and, pressure for but, sure oh my gosh like hot uh, college and early early post-grad was so stressful because it's just like trying to make everybody happy and I knew I was never going to do it and it mm-hmm. just was I feel like I was way too busy I had so many dinner dates with people all the time oh and God. and I couldn't give to them what they needed out of a friend
0: and it, stack and up not be
1: in that spot anymore <laughs> yeah and it's like I'm getting tooled. too old <laughs> I'm t- I literally am literally I'm too old, and thankfully, like Connor has taken a lot of that away from, or off of my shoulders because he's a very relaxed person that doesn't put pressure on himself in the same way, and so that's a really good example for me of like you can take it easy, stop like thinking that you're the solve for all these people's lives. you're not like <laughs> Ooh, man, yeah. I like to be more like Connor too me too <laughs> he's my he's my inspiration, yeah, although yeah. when I ask him, I'm like Did, how is you know ex friends that girlfriend doing? Or like, how's their relationship? And he's like, I don't know. I've never asked. I'm like, well, maybe you could learn from me that you should ask some more intentional questions with your friends. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. It's like, oh, well next time just see how they're doing. <laughs> so he's my inspiration, but that's my, uh, my little sidebar is I don't want, I don't want to absorb that. I love that.
0: I feel like we're, we've come a, we've come a long way. We still got work to do. We'll always have definitely. work to do, but definitely you know, step in the right direction. And I'm, Speaking of keeping ourselves in check, I'm keeping ourselves in check on the time, time stamp. Good job, Jackie.
1: Oh, I guess we you. can do our carry-outs now.
0: I think so. Look at us, right at 55 minutes here. Love um, it. I would say my carry-out, and I'll, I'll start the carry-outs this evening. Carry-out. Um, carry-out. You my like a carry out. Um, I would say is that what I'm taking from this Is that I would like to, moving forward, be really gracious to myself when I'm having social anxiety. Because I experience it so often. And kind of write down the triggers. And say, hey, I'm feeling this way. What happened? Why am I feeling this way? What can I do right now to change the narrative in my mind? Mm. I can go on a run. I can read. I can call a friend. I can call a family member. I can talk to Ned about it and say, hey, I'm feeling this way about it. Can you help me validate this? Am I crazy? Did this happen? I don't know. Or, you know, you know, call on a partner or a best friend. It's just reminding me that I have work to do and I want to do that work. So that's my carry out.
1: Brilliant. I love it. And, and oftentimes just getting it out of your head and verbalizing helps you right size it anyway. Mm-hmm. Our brains are a dangerous place. They are. Um, Okay. My carry out is kind of what I touched on earlier that I hadn't quite noticed I was doing as much as I am. I want to be a little bit more available to be vulnerable with the right people and not put up as many walls to avoid past pain. Mm -hmm. But I I want to be careful about it. So I want to be strategic, but not afraid. Mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah and how I can practically do that I think it's just I think I get now that I'm aware of it I'll be a little bit more quick to clock when it's happening mm-hmm. and then able to be like okay no you gotta press through this and like let yourself go there for the people um, that are willing to listen and who deserve that space right smartly and oftentimes it, yeah it's it's going to have to be a, a discernment of of who does deserve it not that they do, who deserves me but who is who needs that out of me mm-hmm. uh, and who doesn't you know it's not really about deserving i guess it's more about who could benefit from it and then return it to mm-hmm. me as well yeah. in a healthy yeah. way and you know i'm probably going fi- to stumble through it and maybe try to be vulnerable with people that don't don't need it and maybe can't return it at this season of their life but that's okay better to Stumble and learn from it than to be closed off
0: mm-hmm.
1: because of pain from the past. So, Oof. preach it, sister. Yeah, open up just a little bit. Just put a foot in the door. I'm not little trying little to open it I like it up. i used to oh, it. was too much. Yeah, I'm not trying
0: to break in. Just trying to put my foot in the door.
1: That's right. That's right. Just a draft <laughs> through that crack.
0: <laughs> yeah, just my pinky toe in there. <laughs> just trying to stub one toe.
1: One yeah, toe in one the door. toe. Oh, oh man. Wow. Well, look uh, at us. Yes. Look at us, social anxiety. Dude, my head's
0: kind of starting to hurt. The smell of pain in here is really messing with me.
1: I already had a little bit of a headache before, so I don't I'm know if sorry. it's from this or not. Well, no, I didn't even notice if it made it worse. That's what I was getting at because mm-hmm. I think it was the same as it was in the car. Wow. Um headaches suck. Yeah, they are the worst. They're the worst. The worst. The worst. The
0: worst. That's
1: my Boston accent. Boston. Well, you know it's the best. <laughs> what? Rating, liking, subscribing (laughs) to the Goodish People podcast wherever you listen, you know, Apple (laughs) Music, Spotify, wherever you listen, and that will really, really help. Share us with any friends that you think would like us. We would be indebted to you forever. Jackie and I are trying to not work, right? Uh, (laughs) um, No, we really just want this to be helpful to people that, you know, want to feel less alone out there in the wilderness of life. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. Well, we love you, goodish people. Thanks for listening.
0: Have a great evening, or morning,
1: or afternoon. Ta ta for now. Ta ta.